0: Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. All right, so tonight I want to read one verse to begin with. Luke 22, 44. Uh, This is talking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, before he was taken captive, uh, toward the end, the cru- before you know the night before the crucifixion and so forth, and he said, the Bible said, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. He prayed more earnestly because he was in an agony. He was in a you know situation. You know he saw what he was about to face because he was God and man, and because of his situation, he prayed more earnestly. And so keep that in mind as we talk about this. So there was a married couple that had just put their kids to bed. They were down in the living room, and they were facing some significant financial struggles. And they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know how it was going to work out. And they were just, you know, really concerned about it. And they heard a voice, like, from somewhere in the house or somewhere, like, on the other side of the house. And it said... If you, it was an audible voice. If you need help, call nine one one. And then they were looked at each other and said, "Did you hear that?" "Yeah, I heard that." And then they heard it again. So they both got up and they were walking like the kids are asleep. Like, where's this voice coming from? And they, you know, looked all around. And then the husband went into the garage, and he saw this little toy ambulance, and it said it. The ambulance. I guess it was one of the things, little pre-recorded things. If you need help, call 911. And so they kind of both laughed. But then something spoke, like God spoke to the man and said, You know, said something like, I'm trying to tell you something. And so he got his Bible out and he was praying, Like, what are you trying to tell me? And he went to Psalms 91, verse 1. 91, verse 1. 911. He who dwells in in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Amen. And so basically he was telling them, he goes, hey, you need to go to your secret place and talk to me about this financial situation and I'll, oh, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to, but you, you need to find a secret place and go to it and tell me all about it. So there's a secret place of prayer and communion with God where we can find refuge, we can receive peace and direction for the trying and troublesome times we face. So tonight's lesson is titled Prayer, the Secret Place. Prayer, the Secret Place. Now Moses called it a tent of meeting. David called it a refuge, the secret place. Jesus called it a closet of prayer in his Sermon on the Mount. And it doesn't really matter what you call it. The secret place is where we meet with God. It could be in our car. You know, it it doesn't matter. It's where we tell God all about it, where we pour our heart out out to Him. It can be a coffee table. You know, by the coffee table in the living room. It can be by your bedside at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, It could be in your car on the way to work in the morning. It can even be in a restroom at work. And that's I'm telling you from personal experience, there'd be times like, I can't wait to get out of here and, you know, and pray or whatever. I'm in the middle of work and something came up, got a phone call, got a text or whatever, or I was just feeling overwhelmed about something. And I went in the ba- you know, bathroom, you know, and just, you know, looked around. No one else is in there. And so I would just like, you know, give it a quick prayer before anybody else came in. Amen. And whatever it takes, praise God. So there is a place of prayer and that we kind of talked about the physical place of prayer and the place of prayer, prayer can be important because you can feel comfortable and about that place, but it's less important than the act of praying, you know, the place, like, like Eric said, you know, when I feel to pray, you know, oh, well, I'm not where my little place is, you know, maybe my place is at home in that one room, I'm out, you know, out here in some other city. But I I feel like I need to pray. So the act of prayer is more important than the place of prayer. Amen. But having a consistent place to pray does tend to encourage us more, you know, to pray sometimes. But in the Bible, God met with many different people in many different places of prayer. So God can turn a desert place or a wilderness into a sanctuary of prayer. You know, just ask Moses when he spoke with God at the burning bush on the side of a mountain and it became holy ground. He said, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. And he spoke with God. Or you can ask Jacob when he was on the run, he stole, he kind of stole his birth, Uh, he kind of connived and and tricked his brother uh, Esau out of his birthright. And then when his brother found out, his mom told him, better get on the run because your brother's not happy with you. Get over, you know, to the far country. So he was on the run and You could ask Jacob because he stopped at one night in a wilderness place and he used a rock for a pillow and he had a powerful dream where he saw angels going up and down on a ladder from heaven, so to speak. And when he woke up, he vowed to God and he called the place Bethel, which means house house of God. And that second verse of that 911 chapter, Psalm 91, verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him will I trust. So more than any physical place, God's presence is our secret place. So wherever we are, that can be our secret place. That could, wherever God is, can be a holy place. It might, have, like where Moses, it was just a, you know, the side of a, you know, just a rock strewn mountain, you know, five minutes before, but then that bush started burning And it didn't consume, it wasn't real fire. And he went up and investigated and then he spoke, the bush spoke to him and he said, take your shoes off, it's holy ground. Amen. So we need to trust him and him alone for everything. And when we purpose in our heart to say, I will trust him, when we say, I will trust him, then God says, I will do several things for you. That same chapter, 91, you keep going down to verse 14. God had several I will statements. So if I say I will, if I make his, the, the shadow of the almighty, my secret place, and then I say I, I will trust him, then he says in Psalm ninety-one fourteen, because he has set his love upon me, therefore, God speaking here, uh, talking about us setting our love upon him, he said, therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And that's God saying, I'm going to do that for, to us, for us. And when we choose to trust God and seek uh, his face, then his promises and his blessings start just flowing our way. Amen. So we talked about the place of prayer. But what's more important is the act of prayer, just praying. Amen. So the act of prayer should always supersede the place of prayer. When it's time to pray, let's pray. Let's be ready to pray. Let's have a spirit of prayer. Like like Linda said, we you know pray all day throughout the day, not 24-7, because you know, if you're praying 24-7, you know, I mean, you might not be able to work, you know, or you might not be able to do certain things. So but you're, you're on call for prayer, so to speak. You're ready, you're ready to pray. Amen. We can't always get to our place of prayer, but we always need to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. In other words, pray constantly or be ready to pray. Romans 12.2, be constant in prayer. You know, when Jesus talked about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, he did not say to his followers, If you pray, he said, when you pray. And he also talked about fasting and giving. didn't talk about if you fast, when you fast. If you give, no, when you give. So when we pray, amen. So believers in God are to be people of prayer. And if you ask anybody, like, what are some of the things that you would automatically associate with somebody being a Christian? Going to church, reading your Bible, praying. Those are probably the three biggest ones prayer is important. See, Jesus said, if we don't pray, we will faint. Paul said, if we don't pray, we will worry. And Peter said, if we don't pray, we will be burdened down by the cares of this life. And nothing shows the significance and importance of prayer than the fact that Jesus himself prayed. Now, he was God in human form. You would think, well, why does he need to pray? He's God in human form. He's the only perfect man. He's the only sinless, sinless human being. Well, he prayed because he had his human side. And he prayed because his human side always yielded to the spirit. When he said, my father is greater than I, this, my, you know, my father in me, he's doing the works. He always, the human human side of him always yield to the spirit side of him. And that's why he prayed. But just the fact that Jesus prayed lets us know the importance that we need to pray. You know, amen. So beside the well-known prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he was taken captive, Jesus prayed many other times during his ministry on the earth. He would leave the crowds. He would leave even his disciples. And he would find a place to pray, just him and God. Sometimes it was up on a mountain. Sometimes it was secluded, a secluded place, other times it was a wilderness place. Before he chose his twelve disciples, he prayed all night, the Bible said, "Amen." And you say, well, he prayed all night and he chose Judas. Was that a mistake? No, nope, no mistakes in God. He knew exactly what he was doing. He had to have someone betray him, in other words, to be fulfilled so that he would be taken captive, and he would be crucified. All Old Testament verses and prophecies about him had to be fulfilled. And Judas was in the Old Testament. The prophecies about his betrayal and what happened and everything, it was all there. He fulfilled it all and he prayed. And so when we are in our secret place of prayer, it's just us and God. Now, sometimes we have prayer on Thursday nights, and that's what you call corporate prayer, where we have, you know, everybody praying together. But we turn the music up pretty loud and, you know, I mean, pretty much we're just, you know, between us and God, but we're doing it together. We're gathered together. But for the most part, we pray. I mean, you might be praying with your spouse or praying with your kids. That's good. But but the most time you pray, it's just you in your car or you in this room or you over here or you over there. That's what most of our prayers is. The early church started in the book of Acts, chapter 2, and... Very early on, it said in Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in prayers, and they prayed often. Now, here are a few important reasons why we should pray. Prayer unlocks all of what heaven has for us, amen, like God's will and God's direction and God's many blessings in our life. Major decisions are made better in prayer, amen. Like, if you're thinking about, like, moving out of state, and, you know, taking a job out of state or whatever, you know, probably be good to pray about that, right? You know, if you're thinking about, like, marrying somebody or doing this or, you know, going up, you know, doing something significant in your life, those are important, that those should be bathed and baptized in prayers. Amen. Pray first. Get the mind of God. Get the will of God. And things will work out better strongholds are shaken, and enemies are defeated in prayer. Temptation is conquered by prayer, and others are blessed when we pray. Because when you pray, you don't just pray for yourself, right? You pray for others. And so others are a beneficiary of our prayers. I'm praying, I pray for my wife and kids. I pray for my dog. Because, you know, he's getting, you know, he's, uh, he's pushing, what is he pushing now? Oh, he's pushing like 13, which is in dog years, what is that, you know? 101? 91, 91, 70, okay, again, yeah, I, I can't add up right here. So, you know, he's going to be 91, you know, and, you know, he's, uh, he's he's had some health challenges in the last couple of years, and, you know, I pray for him, you know, we lay hands on that little guy, you know? You say, oh, well, you, you know, does God care about the, the animals? Yes, you better believe he does. Amen. I've laid hands on my car before, praise God, you know, because it's my car, and he, I'm, I'm his kid, and he cares about my car, and my car's not working, and I opened the hood, I slapped some oil in my hand, and I anointed my engine with oil, that was a long time ago, and it worked, I was driving on a blown head gasket for like a month, and God still let it work, praise God, and usually it doesn't work on a blown head gasket, not for a month, amen, Praise God and then he gave me another car. Thank you Jesus. But prayer you can pray for anything. You can pray for anybody. So others are blessed when we pray. Now Jesus said if we ask according to his will, we will receive. And persistence in prayer is necessary. It's important because there's a lot of factors in life. There's a lot of things that will keep us from praying, you know, and you know and so it's important that I'm not going to let anything stand in the way of my prayer life. Because I gotta pray, Amen. You know the we the Bible said, "Ask and you shall receive; seek and you shall find; knock and it shall be open unto you." And he that asketh, asketh, receiveth. In the King James, or asks, seeks, and knocks, plural, receives. So if the answer does not come quickly, we do not abandon the secret place. We do not say, "Ah, it doesn't work." You just keep on going, keep on asking, keep on being faithful. We need to continue to enter into His presence with our requests, with our petitions, because it's important that we pray in faith and not in doubt. Oh, well, this is not happening. What's going on? Don't let doubt come in. Just keep praying in faith. I know God's working on it. Just have faith. I, I gave it to God. He's working on it. Amen. James 1.6 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. I don't want to be just tossed around by the wind. I want to just uh, hold on steady on my faith in prayer. See, doubt will short-circuit and hinder our prayers. The faithful and diligent seeker will receive rewards from God. Now, the Bible is full of examples of people praying with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. So, uh, So what I'm saying is prayer you know is something that comes from our heart not just from our mind you know it's not just you know now I lay me down to sleep prayer and that that's it and you no know, it's like it comes from your heart it's something you're passionate about you want it amen they they these people in the bible they put everything they had into prayer and god answered and blessed them accordingly now jesus is our greatest example of how to pray you know our opening verse was because he was in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and we see how earnestly he prayed the night before he was taken captive. He knew what he was about to face. He knew all of the uh, all all the things that they were the Roman soldiers were going to do to him, and ultimate crucifixion. Now, now consider this Hebrews five seven. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions. How with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. So even Jesus, he prayed with uh, fervent cries and tears. Amen. So likewise, our prayers should always be heartfelt and passionate. God responds to those kind of prayers because he sees, man, these people really are praying for it. They are not going anywhere. They're wanting it. Amen. They're passionate about it. And God responds to that. Amen. James 5.16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Amen. So we've talked about the place of prayer and the act of prayer. And now the spirit of prayer sometimes is even not just passion and not just heartfelt, but desperation. Sometimes when you're desperate. Amen. Amen. You know, and that's why the Bible said prayer alone, when when it doesn't, uh, it's not thinking like you don't think it's accomplishing what you think it should, you add fasting to it. Amen. Because prayer and fasting, that combination is powerful. I call it the one-two punch of the spirit that really gets things moving. Amen. And so desperation says, I'll push my plate away, you know. You know, I'm I'm not gonna go have that four by four in and out right now. I'm gonna wait until tomorrow because I want God to answer that prayer. I, I wanna I'm desperate about it. I'm hungry, and God sees that desperation. Amen. God responds to a hungry heart, God responds to a heart that's set on seeking him until something happens, until the answer comes. So prayer is more than just reciting a list of wants and desires to God. Prayer is much more than just vain repetition. The Bible talks about fervent prayers, crying out to God in prayers with tears, intercessory prayer, and even travail, which is when it's just coming from deep down in your heart when you're really saying, God, I I need to see this happen. When you don't know where else to turn, when you don't know how how it's going to work out, you know what? Not one second is wasted in heartfelt prayer. Amen. When Samuel's mother Hannah... She couldn't have a, a, a child, and she wanted a son more than anything else. And she would pray. And uh, you know, back then, some the guys, some of the men in the Old Testament had more than one wife. And so uh, her husband's other wife had several kids. She couldn't have a, a child, and and it was really bothering her. And her husband was very good to her, and very, uh, you know, try uh, you know, trying to. Uh, you know, encourage her and, you know, and, and lift your spirits, you know, but she just said, you know what? I want this baby. I want a baby more than anything. And then she would even go to Jeru uh, to, to where the, the tabernacle was and she would go where the high priest was and she would, you know, uh, pray and pray and pray. Amen. And she got to the place where she prayed until one time she prayed and her mouth was moving and no word, no words were coming out. It was just like, you know, just mouth moving and no sounds coming out. In fact, the high priest um, Eli, he saw her over there with her mouth moving and nothing coming out, and he thought he even thought she was like drunk in the in the tabernacle. And like he even said, he goes, he goes, put away your wine. What are you you, you, you can't be coming in here doing that? And she said, Oh no, don't count me as one of the those, you know, bad women. You know, like I would never do that. I'm here because I need God to, run, you know. And he told, she told him all about it, and he said, "Okay, don't worry about anything. Go in peace. May the Lord grant your petition." And guess what? Nine months later, she had little Samuel, and Samuel was a great prophet of Israel. Amen. But it took that kind of praying. Amen. When Jesus prayed, it it so impressed and impacted his disciples that they asked him to teach them how to pray. Amen. Luke 11, 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Amen. And Jesus went on to give them what is referred to as the Lord's Prayer, which is really the believer's prayer. This prayer is really a form of how to pray. It contains three major uh, principles, praise, petition, or, you know, asking God for things and forgiveness. Amen. And those things are are part of the Lord's prayer, or the believer's prayer. So for prayer to be successful, we not only need the form of prayer, which is how to pray, you know, with these different things, but also the fuel of prayer and the fuel of prayer is persistence and passion. It that fervency, that's what so we that's what keeps us coming back. That's what keeps us faithful in prayer, amen, and believing God and holding on to his promises. You know, there are times that persistence and passion turn into desperation when we really need God to answer. I will not give up, Lord, until I see this prayer answered. I'm staying and I'm praying until so something changes. Amen, and you pray that throughout the day. You believe God and God's going to do something for that kind of a attitude. You know, David was called a man after God's own heart. He had a lot to say about prayer because he prayed a lot. He was a, a man of fervent, passionate, persistent, and at times desperate prayer. Here's an ex, one example of one of David's desperate prayers. Psalm 13:1, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? Ha- having sorrow in my heart daily, how long will my enemy, my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. See, that was a prayer of David. And sometimes we pray, you know, we we pray and say, Lord, how long is this going to keep going? You know, how long is this going to keep? Lord, I'm believing you. Please take it away. Please open this door. Please shut this door. So that's just showing you, someone just you just let God you're just telling them all about it. Amen. See, prayer is not formal. Prayer is not fancy. You don't have to go to school to learn how to pray. You just tell God about it, just being honest and open with God. It's not about how many words we say to him. It's just, we just talk to him about it. It's simply a person pouring his or her heart out to God, asking him to help us, to heal us, and to guide us. David's prayers are and encouragement and a guide to us. That's why last week when I said one of my favorite books is the book of Psalms, especially when I'm needing encouragement, and he had a lot of encouraging prayers. Psalm 4-1, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress and have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Or how about Psalm 39-12, hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears. So it all goes back to faith. Amen. Because if we didn't have faith, we wouldn't pray. But faith brings us to prayer. Because we believe God exists. We believe He loves us. We believe He cares about us. And we believe His Word is filled with wonderful promises that are for us if we go after Him and if we stand on Him. Amen. And what all that does, it causes us to be consistent, persistent, and passionate in our prayers. Amen. So is God calling you and I to a secret place? Yes he is. He's calling us back, you know, over and over. We need to go to that secret place wherever it is. And like we said, we might have our favorite secret place, but any place can be a secret place when we believe God. King Hezekiah, he was one of the great one of the few good kings in the Bible, and he became sick with a sickness unto death. And God told Isaiah to go tell King Hezekiah, get your house in order, you're going to die. And then Isaiah walked out, started heading back to his house. And Hezekiah was on his sick bed. he turned to the wall, the Bible said, and he prayed. And he said, Lord, you know, I've been zealous for you, I've I've got rid of the false prophets and all the idols and I've tried to get the people back to you. I repaired the house of the Lord and we got the priest doing the right thing again and, and uh, you know, please have mercy on me and all that stuff. And God said, God told Isaiah, turn around and go back. And Isaiah said, huh? Yeah. Turn around and go back and tell him I'm going to heal him. I'm giving him 15 more years. So he got 15 more years because of a heartfelt prayer. And then later on, the Assyrians, the, uh, the, the Assyrian nation, they came and they camped against Jerusalem and they wrote a letter to Hezekiah saying, like we've done to all these other kingdoms, we're going to do to you and your God's not going to be able to stop. And you know what he did? He took that letter He went to the house of God. He put the letter down. He said, that's what they're saying about us and about you, God. We need your help. And he, he prayed a prayer. And you know what happened? I mean, they had hundreds of thousands of soldiers camped, ready to just, you know, first, you know, strangle their supply lines and then slowly just, you know, take them over. Amen. And after that prayer, that night, God sent one angel, and 185,000 of those soldiers didn't wake up in the morning. They were killed in their sleep. And then when the rest of them woke up, said, I guess we're not going to war. We're going to go back home. And they all left. See, that's what God can do. You say, oh, my goodness, I've got 300,000, you know. You you just fill in the blank. If it's not that army, what, what are you facing? Maybe three or four or five things at once. Oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. One prayer, one angel. Bye. One prayer. God opens one door. God closes one door. All because we go into the secret place. There's no substitute for our secret place with God. We need to visit that place frequently. We need need more alone time with God. We have a wonderful promise in the book of Jeremiah. And this is the last passage for tonight. Jeremiah 29, 12. Then will you will call upon me and i and go and pray to me god said and i will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search with me for me with half of your heart oh no that's not what it said with a little portion of your heart when you're preoccupied with all kinds of other things no it said when you seek me with all your heart i will be found by you says the Lord. So when we put all of our heart into prayer, we're going to see great results. Amen? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.